Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? Praise be to the Father above, who has brought forth the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Oh, dear friends, to God be the glory for such a delivery. We're going to talk about the common salvation today, that faith which was once for all delivered. Before we begin, we always like to pause and thank our Jay Webb for his kind introductions, and you'll hear Jay throughout our broadcast, dear friends. If you are new to our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour, you'll find that we offer a number of free study materials throughout our broadcast. You'll hear Jay in a little bit tell you about a free Bible track that we have that we love to send out to individuals. Our free Bible study course by mail will be along in a little bit. Jay will have that information, and then also we'll tell you a quick way that you can get in touch with us here at International Gospel Hour near the end of our broadcast. With all that being said, we also want to thank you, our listeners. If you are new to our broadcast, if you've just found our broadcast through one of our many options that we have, through podcast options, through Internet, through over-the-air radio, we're grateful that you found us, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your comments about our broadcast and how we can help you in your pursuit of the things that be of God. We are mindful of our listeners. We're grateful to hear from you. Many of you send requests for study materials. Many of you wish to know more about our work, and we're grateful to respond therein. We appreciate the kindness of which your responses come our way. And now, as we've gathered together for the purpose of the study of the Word of God, as we discuss the common salvation, we take up that title from the reading of Jude 3 and 4, when in verse 3 of the book of Jude, he writes, Beloved, when I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness, and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the words, common salvation, from verse 3, would be properly defined, and we give a nod and appreciation to Vine's expository dictionary of New Testament words for this definition. It's very simple. The word common in the original language means belonging to several. Now, it's not common as in dirty or filthy compared to Acts chapter 10 when Peter saw all the animals coming down within that four-cornered bedsheet, and he said, Lord, I am not to eat what is common. We're not talking about common as far as dirty, but the proper definition in this context is a common salvation that belongs to several. It is the common salvation from God through the faith that was once delivered, 
And when we see that common salvation, then that means that when it comes to obedience to the gospel, we are to have all things in common with God. If we have all things in common with God, we'll have all things in common with one another. Now, Vine describes this a little bit more with this word common. It is said of things had in common by the church in Acts chapter 2 and verse 44, as well as Acts 4.32. The common faith from Titus 1 and verse 4, and of course, as we've noted, the common salvation in Jude 3. Now, friends, you know, it is always good to have something in common with someone. We know that. The field of sales instructs sales reps to find that common ground on which to agree with a customer and to build from there. I know that when I was in my days of sales within the grocery industry, I would find something in common with a new customer. I would seek out their needs, what they are looking for, and usually we were all on the same common ground. A young man and a young woman begin dating or a courting relationship. Well, the more they have in common, the better the relationship will grow. Of course, we've known good young men and good young women that will date or court for a while, and then they find they have less in common, so they break off the relationship. Well, friends, better to break it off then than to try to break off a marriage through the tragedy of divorce. But, dear friends, we understand the importance of something in common. When it comes to this common salvation, then we want to have something in common with God. And he has explained that common salvation so clear. Such is our study today, and we want to look at that. But first, friends, we want to emphasize biblical authority in all of our studies here from the International Gospel Hour. After all, if we are to embrace the common salvation as one contends for the faith, then we must learn and obey the one authority given by God, and that is the Word of God. Dear friends, the Bible is right. And we have a very special booklet of study we wish to share with you absolutely free. And here is our J. Webb with the details. Friends, we can look at this world and no doubt something is wrong. But did you know the Bible is right? We have a special free booklet we'd like to send you called Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. It is an exceptional study that clears away a lot of the confusion in the religious world and lets us see that the Bible is always right. Just call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say Bible Tract. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say Bible Tract. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Bible Tract in the message box. Another free offer of study from your friends here at International Gospel Hour. Now, back to our study. As we discuss the common salvation, dear friends, please know that number one, the common salvation is easy to understand. In New Testament times, people could understand clearly what one was to do to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. They asked, 
and they received. How about in Acts 2 and verse 37? When they heard the preaching of the gospel of Christ upon that day of Pentecost, when it came to the point that they were pricked in their hearts, they asked, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And they easily understood what they were to do. For example, Peter replied in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is made unto you, and unto your children, and unto those that are far off, as many as the Lord your God may call. Then the Bible tells us how he continued with many other words, exhorting or saying to them to save themselves from that perverted generation. And Acts 2.41 simply said, They that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So, dear friends, first of all, people could understand clearly what they were to do. How about the eunuch in Acts chapter 8 and verse 31? Sitting in that chariot reading the book of Isaiah, Philip ran to that chariot and asked him, Did he understand what he was reading? Remember his question? How can I except some man should guide me? He invited Philip to come up into that chariot, and Philip preached unto him Jesus Christ using the text of the book of Isaiah chapter 53. And then as they came or continued on their journey, they came to a certain body of water. It's interesting that he asked him, What hinders me to be baptized? Well, it's evident that it was easy for him to understand what he was to do, just like on the day of Pentecost. And that brought him to another question when he did ask, and again we bring it forth. Here is water. What hinders me to be baptized? They asked, in this case, he asked and he received. We think about when Saul was approached by Ananias in Acts chapter 9 and verse 6. But before that, on the road to Damascus, when he was blinded, he said to Jesus in Acts 9 and verse 6, Lord, what will you have me to do? The Lord told him to go into the city of Damascus, and he would be told what to do. Ananias came to him. Ananias restored his sight. We also go to Acts, the 22nd chapter, when then the apostle Paul was telling of his conversion as Saul, and we see that Ananias, in telling him what he was to do, he asked and he received. You know, Ananias looked at him in verse 16 of Acts 22 and said, Saul, why do you wait? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Now, dear friends, we use these questions from the book of Acts because in all of these questions, they easily understood and received a clear answer. When they were asking and when they were searching, they wanted a clear answer. There are individuals that want a clear answer. And dear friends, we can have a clear answer of salvation from the Word of God just like they did in Bible times. The common salvation is easy to understand. Number two, the common salvation is simple to obey. Now, what I want to do for the next few moments is take the word common, the six letters of the word common, and present them in an acrostic way to affirm the simplicity of obedience. 
And, of course, what I will do with the acrostic style is I will take each letter to represent a description or a definition of the word common. We begin with the letter C. That would be Christ, because there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved, Acts 4 and verse 12. The name of Christ is what we wear and what we put on. For in Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So we wear Jesus Christ when we are baptized into Christ. The letter O of the word common, we'll call that first letter O, the word obeyed. They obeyed with a necessary faith. In John 8.24, Jesus instructed that except we believe that He is, we will die in our sins. Jesus put it this way, Except you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. Unless we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, unless we move our faith into Jesus Christ, we will not be saved. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, For without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That faith that we are to have in God, in Christ, is of necessity. Then we note how faith moves one toward repentance. In Luke 13 and verse 3, we are reminded of the teaching of Christ, that unless one believes, we will die in our sins. Or as Jesus said in Luke 13:3, Nay, I tell you, except you repent, you shall die in your sins. We noted a few moments ago that when the question was asked in Acts 2 and verse 37, Men and brethren, what shall we do? The first word out of Peter's mouth was, Repent. When a person believes in Christ, they must take that faith and change their direction. They are not going to have a faith that will continue them leaving, or rather leading in the same life of which they are walking. That when we believe in Christ, there are changes that need to be made in our lives, and that's the beauty of the word repentance. I love this simple definition, a change of decision resulting in a change of direction. We understand that after repentance, that we are to confess our faith. After all, the eunuch in Acts 8 and verse 37 confessed, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that is consistent with the command of Christ in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, to where Jesus said that unless we confess him before men, he will, or rather, if we confess him before men, he will confess us before his Father, which is in heaven. But if we deny him before men, he'll deny us before the Father. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, we understand that with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, that if we will confess from the heart the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved. And then he explains in verse 10, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But we also understand, dear friends, that confessing alone does not save, there are those that confess Christ or failed to confess Him in John twelve forty two and 43. They believed in Him but failed to confess Him. Some great faith they had, would you not say? And let's think about the devils that believe in God 
yet they tremble. So, dear friends, we understand the necessity of faith and of repentance and of confession. But there's also a necessity of baptism. I know we are in a religious world that is sorely divided over this study. But, friends, let us do this. Go back to the Bible. Let's not go back to our creed books, our traditions, our history, or whatever it might be. We go back to the Bible. And did not Peter say in Acts 2 and verse 38 to repent and to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins? When we are baptized into Christ, what would we receive? The forgiveness of sins. He also told them they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that they would be able to receive the Spirit in the miraculous way that they would teach, understand, and grow. Dear friends, we are baptized into Christ, and the remission of sins is, com- is, is consistent with the Great Commission. Did not Jesus say on the day of Pentecost in Luke's account of the Great Commission, in Luke 22, 44-49, that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem? Yes, He did. And is this not consistent with the Great Commission account of Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 15? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Dear friends, can't be much plainer than that. Peter, as he would affirm baptism on the day of Pentecost, affirmed it in his writing of 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. The like figure, speaking of the ark and of the water, the like figure whereunto baptism does now also save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Dear friends, that's what we do to obey the common salvation. And then, dear friends, we're also added to the church, just like they were in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. We are added to the church of which Christ promised to build, Matthew 16 and verse 18, that church of which he purchased with his own blood, Acts 20, verse 28. What a beautiful thought to be added to the pre-denominational body of Jesus Christ. That's right, friends. When you look at the church in the New Testament, it's the pre-denominational body. It dates any other church that may come along. I want to pause here in this discussion and ask, are you a member of that church we read of in the New Testament? How about the word mankind for the first M of the word common? The gospel is for all mankind. Galatians 3.28 reminds us there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. No matter who you are, the gospel is for all. The second letter M in the word common, we'll call that maintained. An individual can continue to maintain their obedience through endurance, pressing onward, enduring to the end, Matthew 10.22. To have all diligence, to give 100% in walking in their faith, 2 Timothy 4.7. To be faithful unto death, Revelation 2 and verse 10. And now, the second letter O in the word common, we'll call that opportunity for all. 
Everyone has an opportunity to obey that common salvation. It's so simple. Dear friends, we have not asked anything above what God has asked. Some will take advantage of it, like we noted with those on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 41, and Saul in Acts chapter 9. But there are some that will not take advantage of that opportunity, as we see the record of Felix in Acts 24 and Agrippa in Acts 26. Dear friends, how tragic that is that some will not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Finally, the letter N in the word common, it concludes its compact teaching. It's concise and it's clear, it's simple, with an appeal to obey it now. You know, in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2, Paul says that now is the accepted time Behold, now is the day of salvation. Dear friends, when one understands what they are to do to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no reason to delay it for its decision. It's the best decision one will ever make. Now, dear friends, I know we've talked about a lot of things of the common salvation, and as we find those that listened and made certain they would understand, And dear friends, I'm sure that you are the same way. You want to know more. You want to make certain. We are blessed to offer absolutely free a Bible study course by mail. You can study in the privacy of your own home at your own pace. And we find there are individuals that would like to research further or know more about the gospel. It's a good Bible study that goes back into the beginning and brings one forward. It's a good study that will strengthen one. Just give it a try absolutely free. won't cost you a thing. Here's R.J. Webb to tell you how you can receive our home Bible study by mail. Your friends at the International Gospel Hour are offering absolutely free a Bible study course by mail. You may study in the privacy of your own home at your own pace. Feel free to give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. Dear friends, let's also consider that the common salvation is worthy of its defense. Note there to contend for the faith which was once delivered, to stand for the faith through which salvation is revealed. The word contend there is from a word that appears only one time in the New Testament, and this is it. According to J. Isidore Mombert of the Epistle General of Jude, throughout Lang's commentary, I love his description here when he says it is to fight or to stand upon a thing which is assaulted and which the adversary desires to take away, and it is to fight so as to defend and retain it. We are not going to lose the common salvation. My brother and friend Wade Webster brings forth in this discussion, he mentions three things, the manner of which one contends, the message for which we contend, and the men with whom we contend. 
Now, very quickly, we'll do an overview here, but don't be surprised if you hear this in another broadcast. The manner of which we contend is to earnestly, like into wrestling or striving or agonizing. How secular writers would use this word to describe the effort that athletes would go through to win a game. Paul even uses it by a matter of inspiration in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. The text presents the message for which we contend. We contend for the faith, God's revealed system of faith, the gospel. And when we see the faith, that is specific, meaning the one and only faith. The faith that will convert the sinner, Acts 6 and verse 7. The faith in which we continue, Galatians 1, 23. The men of which we contend, of those that will creep in unawares, or in other words, false teachers, of which Paul told us in Romans 16, verses 17 and 18, to note them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you've learned, and avoid them. For those are such that do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple." We must stand against those things that would threaten the truth and stand for the faith, the gospel system, the truth, the common salvation. Let's pause. I'll be back in about 30 seconds. What's the quickest way to reach us? That's simple. Call our toll-free number 1-855-IGH-6988 to request free Bible study courses, to ask a question, or to make a comment. The number is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Just leave your message and we will follow up as quickly as we can. That number again is 1-855-IGH-6988 or if you prefer, 1-855-444-6988. The common salvation, dear friends, is easy to understand, simple to obey, and absolutely it is worthy of defense. And today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. The exhortation in Hebrews 3, 7 and 8. If we will hear these things, let us not go against them, but to embrace them, and to study together to see the things done for our lives and through God's will. We'll continue our studies together another time, friends. And thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God, but second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Glory.